Thanks for watching Game Notes 4 with special guest Mark Davis on the Crown Refs podcast. Serve the game. Mark, I really appreciate you coming on Game Notes. Game Notes is a show for basketball officials where we break down plays and situations to give you the best practices to help your games. You ready to look at some plays today, Mark? Sure, let's go. All right, so I clipped a couple plays from this Kansas-Arizona State game. First play here, we got a slot side drive. Okay, look. let's look at it all the way through one time first. All right. I think the one thing we, we have to address before we rewind it and, and kind of start start to play over, if we go back to the beginning and just hit pause, is that on a slot side drive, that's somewhat the Achilles heel of the three-person system. Um, we don't have a good angle. We don't have the open angle. We can't see, you know, it's, it's usually referee, offense, defender. We can't see through it. We don't have a good open angle on it generally, and especially those weak side lane line drives or slot side drives, drives that come out of the slot's face. The slot, once the player's beat, has to stay with the defender behind, and we have to have the lead from the opposite side close down and get that angle and get those help defenders, uh, the rotating defenders that come over. Because generally speaking, when you get yourself in this position, there's generally an open space at the block, as you'll see here right now, just even where it's paused now. It's wide open. The ball's going to swing opposite. The lead's going to rotate over. But that spot at the bottom of the floor, at the bottom uh, elbow, at the bottom um, block, watch how it remains open. Something's happening. Either somebody's going there or the ball's coming there. So let's push play and let's watch this play go through. And I'll tell you when you hit pause. All right, pause it once the ball's swung to the opposite side. Slot does a good job of moving on the ball. We'd like for him to be below the basket for the pull right away, but he's not. The defender goes to the basket. He beats him. Now the slot is going to referee the defender from behind that's coming, as well as have some perspective as best he can. If you look at him right now, it's referee, defender, offense. They're all in a straight line, which puts him in a really, really difficult position to referee. But the good news is we have the lead who's closed down to help on that play. And he's guarding 20 and he's guarding. He's refereeing number 23. And if he's refereeing number 23, you can see where 23 jumps straight up in a vertical position. And this no call is the right decision on that. And too often times we have the, the lead is closed down and has not guessed because he's seen that play longer. Very difficult to referee that play is this after the defender jumps. Now you come to the help defender. The longer we can see a player, the easier it is to make a decision about that defender's legality or illegality. And you can see Lee right now is already on his defender number 23, which puts him in a great position to referee this A to A movement, this jump straight up on the split. Mark, how does the center avoid that stack? You want him to be lower here? Uh, no, I don't think he can avoid it on this. I think this okay. is just where we are. I think I would like for him to have been below the ball on the catch. Okay. Just so if the, if the, if the offensive catches and pulls up, he's at a position to see point of contact, up, down, rebound. 
Um, but having said this, he takes off right away. If you pause it right there, he takes off right out of his face. And I think you got to fight for that. I think the difficulty is when you come onto the floor and come up, you got one good angle, but you don't have control over your angle. So I think he stays right there, tries to get some perspective as best he can. He can help with restricted area if, in fact, the defender didn't jump. But the lead is the key on this play, and the lead closes down, does a great job, closes down, and is able to make that decision. We talked about referring to defense, stay in your primary, call the obvious, trust your partner. I think it's a good example. The center slot play comes out of his face, stays there, try to fight to get an angle. But look, the lead is right there and has a great job of, of, um, of refereeing that play for a long time and seeing the play longer, which makes it a much easier decision on the verticality jumping straight up. Also note the trail. The trail is fighting right now to get to an angle to find their guy. Um, you know, we, we said we all want to referee the paint, but we all want to referee our own guy in the paint. And I think that's many times we want to make sure that we're each on the, per on the appropriate defender, and then that way we have all the bases covered. Awesome. Because this is a good job on this play coming out to slot space and the lead particularly. Just wanted to take a quick break and let you know about the Crown Refs Podcast Week, which starts Monday, June 1st. We're going to be releasing five episodes throughout the week, one per day. Hope you enjoy. All right, Mark, this play features a lot of ball movement. I just thought the officials did a really nice job of constantly position adjusting. Tell me what you see here. Okay, if we go back to the beginning as an offensive player just crossed his half court. We're good right there. We've got the trail official is in an outside-in position. We'd like to make him have him maybe take a half a step back where he can referee that defender. It's approaching the, the slot side lane line. So the lead is the slot is anticipating taking that ball. The, the slot should also think about, I wouldn't go on ball right now. I would be preparing for this pass. That's probably going to come to the wing, the wing offensive player that's running towards the uh, free throw line extender, extended and have some perspective on that defender. It goes right there. He's going to slots in and pause it there. Slots in a great position. If you go back prior to the screen being set or the exchange on that one, this is what we were talking about on the previous play. We'd like for the slot to be below the ball and move on the catch so he's there when the offensive player catches in case he pulls up for a shot right there. Right there, pause it. Mm -hmm. If he pulls up right there, slots in a wonderful position to see point of contact, tick right. on an elbow to go through his appropriate sequence, which is up, down, rebound. He's in a good place for that. Now he's in as a perspective on now here comes the screener he can see right through that offensive and defensive player for the screen the screen is not really well set offensive player goes too soon which is a red flag for an illegal screen because he's not set but that one's a good exchange nothing happens not a ball go lead goes opposite ball comes back to a pause or rest lead now comes back again they're really fighting hard to get an angle to get to the new defender and get to the place on the floor that they're supposed to be so they can see referee defender and their primary responsibility. Um, you said it's a guideline know. for when a screener leaves too early. That's usually a legal screen. How, what is that? Well, like? just generally speaking, well, I, I think that's a good point to talk about. I think one of the red flags in play calling, especially with the motion office and the dribble, dribble handoffs, hammer screens, 
staggered screens. Generally speaking, those are really timing based. So if the offensive player leaves early, it doesn't give the it doesn't give the defense, the screener his teammate the opportunity to stop and allow the defender the opportunity to stop and interchange direction, which generally will lead to an illegal screen. In this one, the the offensive player leaves too soon, and the screener is not committed to setting the screen, so it's really just an exchange, and that was that that was not an illegal illegal act. But when you see the ball, when you see a player pass the ball and follow his pass to come screen, that's a red flag to have some perspective on did they get there in time. Whenever you see a dribble handoff, dribble handoff is another one because the offensive player is doing, trying to do two things at once. They're trying to dribble, get to a spot, and hand the ball off. And so those are timing plays, and those plays, if they really blast them and, and they're defending them really hard, those are plays that you really have to – be mindful of the illegal screen on those plays. Just have make sure you have some awareness. Those are also areas where the slot or the lead, if the ball's above free throw line extended, can help in the tandem. Trail can help slot, slot can help trail. Lead can always help trail as tandem partners. That's a good opportunity um, to team up on those plays. Just Hammer to screen. Add, sorry, Mark, just to add to your timing point with illegal screens, yeah. also when the screener gets there late, would be an indication too, which might be an illegal screen. Correct. Correct. Where the offensive player leaves early. So you've got the dribbler who's dribbling towards the screener and he's trying to hand the ball off and get to a set point. You've got one where it's a pass and he's coming to pass. He's passing, he's following this pass to set a screen. Many times the offensive player will leave too soon and that gets the defender there, the the screener there late and not an ability to set a legal screen. And those are the ones too. Movement into screens is generally what you really want to pay attention to and be mindful of them to stop being set and uh, giving them the opportunity to stop in or change direction because a lot of times the defender will try to blow that screen up. And if you don't have a good perspective on the screener before the contact, it becomes difficult to make a decision. This play finishes here with the travel. Oh, and this is a great job if um, – the slot in transition, his eyes are where he's supposed to be. His eyes are hustling. He's at a place where he's supposed to be. He picks up the offensive player, and the first thing in space you want to pick up on the offensive players, you want to pick up their pivot foot. He says to himself, left foot's pivot foot. He gets three counts to get back to the right foot, and he correctly judged that as a travel, three-step travel. It's a good job. It's definitely more difficult making uh, the call on the run, moving full speed, right? I think so. But I think if you can be moving your feet, if your eyes are where they're supposed to be and you're going through your appropriate sequence, which with space here, he wants to go to the pivot foot. He got left foot, pivot foot, excuse me, right foot, pivot foot, then left foot, then another right foot. That's three steps for a shot. It's a good decision. So I think your eyes want to be and you want to sequence it properly but moving and trying to do all three things at the same time. And that, that can be very difficult. Thanks for watching Crown Rest All Access. Serve the game. For me, it's always inspiring to watch referees who want to get better, you know, that act like a sponge and just want to soak up all the information that somebody's given them. Then they go and apply it. So if I can aid in that and be a part of their growth process, that's one of the things I enjoy most about officiating be able to give back to the game that has given me so much. It's a beautiful thing.
All right, we got a double play here. Um, crash on both ends. It's always nice when we have back-to-back -back crashes. Well, before we even look at this play, let's just let's just recognize what we're trying to accomplish here. Ultimate goal is to be fair and to judge the rules fairly. And so with that, and equitably, so with that, we want to know that similar plays be judged similarly on both ends of the floor. So let's see what we got in store here. I'm ready. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Run the tape. Pause it right there. He comes across. Once again, right there, we want that lead, the trail official, to be to the right or the rear of the ball. He's ahead of that ball. And if you look at him right now, he's got a perfect angle. Like, he can see the defender right now. The problem is he doesn't have control over his angle. If you take him and he's one step below the defender, take him and just make him and push him back to where he's one step behind the offensive player to the left of the ball where he has an angle and he can see through those plays, it puts him in a position where he can see greater than two players. Like right now, he's got a great look at the defender and a pretty decent look at the offensive player. He's got a view of two players. The more effective you can be as an official, the greater, um, the greater in excess of two players that you can see at one time. Yeah. So move him back. Just take, let's just say six little half steps to the right and put him back to the right into the rear of the ball, to left into the rear of the ball. Now, not only can he still see the defender and see the offensive player, but be able to referee the defender, he now can see the screener coming up to set the screen. And so the screen doesn't surprise him because he's got perspective on the screen from the beginning. Right now, he's looking at y'all, he has no idea about the screen right now. So Now, if this play is closer to the three-point line, do you still want this official – kind of more in line with the offensive player? Is he going to be able to see the point of contact? I want him to, rear to, the out, I want him to work the sideline, give himself a little bit of angle behind him, behind the offensive player, so he can take a step down to see the point of contact, where it's just a quick step when he anticipates him pulling up. He can get to, get to the elbow. But I definitely want him behind because now as the screener comes, he's got perspective. There's a difference between when you are in – when you're inside out versus outside in, right now he's inside out, meaning that he has a great angle now. But if he stays right there and that play comes directly towards him, where we say he has to has a good angle, he has to move to adjust to that. Can he see the uh, – can he referee more than two players right now? No, he can just referee those. Take him and put him on the other side. If you could take – make that a triangle where it goes – there's a point between the two players on the floor – to the official and then go straight up the line and then go another point, right? Put him on that other point. If you make an equilateral triangle from the middle of those two to the official, go up the sideline, equidistant to that, now give him that angle that he has. And now he has complete control over it. If the player goes left, he can go a step down. He can see it. If the player goes right, he can take a half a step on or half a step back to maintain that same angle. You want to have control over your angles. He has a good angle now, but he has a static angle. He doesn't have control over it. He's just, he's open to whatever the players do. He's, he's, he's going to change his angle. You want to be able to get a good angle and be able to maintain it as long as possible. All right, let's run the play. You're getting mathematical on me, Mark. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's, it's, all right, we had a good, we had a good pass and crash here too, right? One thing we always talk about plays in the lane and block charge plays in the lane. We always want to anticipate 
that our partners have a whistle. We don't want to get too excited to where we have a whistle and we look up and we have a barge. Although I would say the primary whistle on that would be the leads in the paint on any block charge, in, in transition, any block charge plays, you, there's a reasonable expectation that there may be another whistle. And if there is one, you should take some eye contact first before you come up with a signal. Because the slot goes to goes block right now. They both raise their fists, slot goes block, and lead goes uh, charge. Now we have an issue. And instead of just a quick peek right that right there, and um, we get the play correct, and we eliminate any potential errors that may happen. I mean, the lead official definitely kept his fist up there for an extra second, so I think he definitely was processing um, if there were any other whistles as the play went on. Yeah, I'd just like to see a little eye contact there first. I think that that I, I believe in the uh, in college, that's the correct mechanic to have a raised fist, whether going yeah. offense or defense. Um, um, and, and so I, I just think you should have good eye contact, good eye contact. I think we want the lead to take that play. It is his play. He judged it correctly. I just think we set ourselves up um, better if we can take a peek first. That's all. Sure, sure. Yeah. This is These, these plays are kind of weird, those Euro steps where the, the offensive player never yeah. really clears the defender, but the contact is right. on the hip. So, you know, anytime that we have the, the, that hip contact, it does increase, I think, the difficulty in our decision-making. Thanks for listening to the Crime Reps Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you.